Good morning, Round Rock Dragons! I'm Sarah Wilson. I'm Kinsey Glasgow. And I'm Leah Doe, and we're from First Period Health Science. This episode will air on November 20th, 2019 at Round Rock High School. So, recently we watched a few episodes of the ABC show Grey's Anatomy, based around the topic of conjoined twins. We noticed that in each episode, the set of twins were experiencing a different story because they each were born into unique situations. Each situation affected the lives of the twins because of their symptoms. We decided to do some more research on the topic from our main expert source, Mayo Clinic, BBC News, and CNN Health. We wanted to look more into the topic and actually see how rare the instance really is, as well as figure out how these different situations affect the rest of the twins' lives. So today, during our podcast episode, we will be discussing the topic of conjoined twins. are conjoined twins. The definition of conjoined twins from our source Mayo Clinic is that conjoined twins are identical twins joined in utero. This is because they came from the same egg but failed to separate completely as it divided. The occurrence is estimated to range from 1 in 49,000 births. So basically the instance to be born conjoined is pretty rare. Conjoined twins are always identical and are the same gender. Did you know that about 70% of all conjoined twins are female? We also discovered that Approximately half are stillborn or born dead, and an additional one-third die within 24 hours. That is so sad. Conjoined twins can be connected by many body parts. Some examples include being conjoined by their chest, abdomen, base of spine, length of spine, pelvis, trunk, head, or head and chest. Because of these shared body parts, for some twins, separation is impossible because they could share important organs like the heart, kidneys, parts of the brain, and sometimes the spinal cord. If the twins are able to survive birth, then the parents would decide whether to attempt to separate them in surgery or not. The success of surgery depends on where the twins are joined, how many, and which organs are shared, as well as the experience and skill of the surgical team. In fact, we learned about one famous story of conjoined twins on BBC News, who were presented on TV when they started their own reality series on TLC in 2012. Abby and Brittany Hensel were two people sharing one body because the parents knew if they attempted a separation that one of the twins would die. The girls are dicephalic paraparagus twins and are highly symmetric for conjoined twins. After conducting research from the BBC articles, we learned that dicephalic paraparagus twins make up only 11% of conjoined twins. And although the twins seem extremely healthy right now, the main concern of their parents and doctors is their continuing good health. This is mainly because only four known sets of conjoined twins with an undivided torso and two legs have ever survived into adulthood. Only four? Each twin controls one arm and one leg. While they learn to crawl, walk, and clap as infants, it required cooperation. They can eat and write separately, but activities such as running, swimming, hairbrushing, and driving a car requires a coordinated action. Despite the abnormalities in their lives, Abby and Brittany have kept more than normal lives. They studied education at Bethel University in Minnesota. What do they do now? Today, they teach a fifth grade classroom together in a public school district just an hour from their hometown. Although the twins have a rare condition, they try to live mostly private lives. Surgery for conjoined twins depends on many situations that we've already tried to cover. But the process and expected outcome of each different surgery is more complicated than you'd think. 
CNN Health stated that the first successful procedure of separating conjoined twins joined at the head was in 1955, performed by neurosurgeon Dr. Harold Voris of Mercy Hospital in Chicago. Before birth, a C-section is usually scheduled about four weeks before a mother's due date, so the babies can be safely delivered. And after that, we get to separation surgery. Which is an elective surgery, but it's based off of many crucial factors. Usually, it's performed about a year more after birth, unless an emergency one is needed. Emergency surgeries are because a twin dies, or one twin threatens the life of the other. Many factors have to be considered before the surgery for the twins. Like what? The extent of surgery needed, vital organs shared, what challenges they'd face if they were left conjoined, the extent of functional support after separation, and the odds of a successful separation. The odds of a successful separation vary for each unique condition. The different types of conjoined twins listed by our expert source, Mayo Clinic, include Thoracopagus, Omphalopagus, Pygopagus, and Ischiopagus, and Craniopagus. Thoracopagus and omphalopagus twins make up about 70% and are conjoined at the chest wall or upper abdomen, but there are no known survivors for thoracopagus twins. Aww. Pygopagus and ischiopagus twins make up around 23% of conjoined twins and are joined at the hips, legs, or genitalia. And lastly, 2% are joined at the head, which are craniopagus twins. As your host, I would like to introduce you to our special guests. Hi, I'm Marwa. And I'm her doctor, Dr. Dunaway, a neurological doctor from Great Ormond Street Hospital in London. So Marwa, tell us a little bit about yourself. When we were born, me and my sister Sapphire were conjoined at the skull. At first, my mother thought that there would be no way to separate us without losing one of us, and that's where Dr. Dunway comes in. Marwa and Safa's mother came to me in distress when they were about three months old. She asked if we could help, and my first reaction was yes, of course. Isn't the twins' condition very rare? Extremely. Only about 5% on joined at the skull, or known as craniopagus twins, and less than half of them survive more than one day after birth. So, how did you know you could perform the surgery when other surgeons said they couldn't? Although we had performed two similar cases since 2006, I wasn't 100% sure it would work, but I was confident in trying to give Salfa and Mara their best chance at a normal life. Who all helped you make this possible? I definitely wasn't the only one on this team. We had help from physiotherapists, dietitians, and a whole OR room filled with different specialists to make sure the surgery went over smoothly. I told their mother to be optimistic that by their third birthday, they could be walking. Do you remember anything from this experience, Marwa? Well, I was only one and a half years old, so not much, but I've seen videos my father took when me and Safa were able to see each other's faces for the first time. Wow, what an important moment. So, how did the surgery go? The surgery was 50 grueling hours long, but it was all worth it. It was quite challenging because the girls would have been in a more ideal condition for surgery when they were about 6 to 12 months old, but it was difficult to find a donor for this expensive surgery until they were about 19 months old. After the twins were successfully separated, how long until they were able to go home? The surgery was completed in February, but we weren't able to leave the hospital until July. It was definitely worth the wait. Well, thank y'all so much for coming in today. Of course. Anytime. Overall, what we've learned is that conjoined twins are rare, but there's so much more detail once you look into their abnormality. We hope y'all look more into the topic and learn more about it. Thank y'all for listening. Tune into our next episode. 
Bye. Bye.